Hello and welcome to the Midweeks with Pastor Rob. Today I'm going to continue on talking through the turning points of church history. And like I've been saying, I've been really, um, I'm really borrowing heavily from a book by Mark Knoll called Turning Points. And I just have found this to be a really helpful book in giving a great big overview of church history. And we are still in the early days of the church. Um, we're in talking about the Council of Nicaea. And if you remember last time we talked about the Nicene Creed, which was developed uh, by the bishops coming together to answer the question about um, who was the Son of God. Was he truly God or was he just a great creature? And so they had to deal with that question and answer it scripturally, biblically, in a Christian way and they did a great job, and that Nicene Creed of affirming that Jesus um, is God since forever has been orthodoxy. Uh, orthodoxy is a big word that just means like right teaching or straight teaching. You know, if you go to the orthodontist, they straighten out your teeth, and so orthodoxy, doxa is a teaching, straight teaching is the right teaching. And so the Nicene Creed has been kind of like a foundation agreement or a foundation creed of the church for ever since this happened. So it was a real marvel, and God really used that gathering of the bishops in order to um, solidify a statement for biblical truth. One of the things that made the Nicene Creed and the Nicene Council so amazing was that it was gathered under the authority of a Roman emperor. Now, the Roman emperors were very, very interesting. Um, an emperor is a ruler who rules over many different countries. Okay, so um, we have empire. You've maybe heard of the Roman Empire, maybe heard of the British Empire. And so it's kind of like one country that rules over many, many, many other countries. And the history of Rome is really interesting because um, the, the Romans hated kings. They had had kings for a little bit early on in their history, and they decided we're never having another king. They got rid of their kings, and so they had a, a republic. They, had a, they were a, a country or a city. It was more a city than a country that was ruled over by a senate. And whenever they had um, problems like wars or something like this, they would, they would elect two people to rule their, um, their armies in the field. And they were so against having a king that these two rulers would sometimes take like one day they would be in charge of the army and then the next day the other guys would. And they never wanted all this power accumulated in one person. Uh, but it didn't last forever. It lasted a long time, this kind of resistance of having one ruler. And this guy named Julius Caesar eventually became a really powerful general for Rome and marched on Rome and eventually kind of became the dictator, the permanent dictator. And so, and he had descendants. And Jesus was born under kind of the first person to reign after Julius Caesar, a guy named Augustus or Octavius. And um, so this was the church's context. It, it was growing under the Roman Empire, under the rule of these Roman emperors. And usually the Roman emperors either turned a blind eye to it or they were persecuting the church quite aggressively. And then onto the scene came this guy named Constantine, who um, was 
a son of an emperor, I think, and kind of a co-emperor with some brothers. And a conflict came up. And before this war happened that he was about to enter into, he kind of had this vision of a cross in heaven or a red cross on his army shield. can't remember exactly what it is, and the details don't matter too much. But because of what happened and the success he had in battle afterwards, he was really inclined to favor the Christians. Plus, I think that there was kind of a uh, political expediency to it because there were were so many Christians in the Roman Empire that he saw that in the Christian faith uh, potential for unifying the entire empire under Christianity. Now, some people have a real cynical view of church history, and they just think, you know, this guy became an emperor, and he forced everyone to convert. And history doesn't really work like that. You know, if you have a huge Christian presence in a country, they are very hard to defeat. And but and and can work together with political leaders if if they're not being persecuted but you also can't go into like a pagan uh country and just decree that people become Christians. It doesn't work. The church falls apart or the people don't get converted and at their first opportunity to fall away from the faith, they do. It's just not how God built his kingdom. So, you know, historically the real, the truth was that the church was growing and as it grew in numbers, it of course grew in influence. And so Constantine saw in the church this possibility for having a stabilizing impact over the faith, as well as he became a Christian. As far as we know, um, he got baptized at the end of his life. Um, and so, you know, it's hard to say from hundreds of years ago what what exactly was going on in his heart, but he obviously didn't say, refused to be acknowledged as a Christian, got baptized near the end of his life. And so what was going on is in this conflict over the true nature of Christ as a great creature or as truly God, he saw a a schism forming in the church. And so he kind of gathered the bishops together and said, you're going to solve this issue. And so this was a huge turning point in church history because you had the, the top ruler working with the church for the sake of his empire. And this kind of initiated into church history really what would be a whole history of trying to figure out how to work with political leaders. And you have sometimes all the way on one side of the spectrum where the political leaders are these great men and women of God to all the other side where they might be pretending to be Christians but are really unregenerate people and everything in between. And it's a super complicated issue. And you know, it's not even an issue that can just be kind of solved. Like you can just read a Bible verse because life is complicated and the relationships are complicated. But this is where it started, where the church had to really figure out how to work with an emperor or the top political leader. And this situation started off well. It actually was a real blessing to the church to have the top political leader get all the leaders together of the church and say, figure this stuff out. Now, of course, it's not very simple. And as I was reading on about this, um, it, it, we really should resist a cynical view where it's just like, oh, the church church leaders were just getting bullied around by the emperor because that's not how it worked. And so later on, I was reading about a, a bishop named Ambrose who actually excommunicated the emperor for a while. He refused to serve him communion because of some political decisions he'd made. And there was this saying from the ancient Roman time uh, when the Rome was working with the church where one emperor said, I would rather have uh, another person 
claiming to be the emperor in Rome. I'd rather have somebody else fighting for the title of emperor than a rival bishop in Rome because the bishops were so influential that if they resisted the emperor, they had tons of power to resist the emperor. And so um, whether that's good or bad, you know, and of course, every once in a while, there'd be corrupt bishops as well. But what I'm trying to say is, is that it, it's just foolish to believe that the emperors were just dictating what the church would believe, because when the church would um, assemble against an emperor, then the emperor had a lot of trouble accomplishing his will. So this was a major turning point in church his, history. If you want to know what do you need to remember, the Nicene Council was organized under Constantine in the early 300s, and this was the first time that a major political leader worked with the church for the stability of a country or a political group. It was a major turning point in church history. Have a great day.